Hey JD Tribe and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck and our Self-Care Collective online membership which is now open for March enrollments for one week until March 11th. Our theme this month is boundaries. For just $15 a month, you get everything from moon yoga to meditations, visualizations, journal worksheets, astrology, and much more. You can head to thejournaldeck.com forward slash self-care collective for details and to register. I am your host and founder, Alyssa Cousins, and today we have Dr. Nikki Starr. Dr. Nikki Starr, aka Dr. Love, is an MD, now transformational coach, entrepreneur, and conscious living influencer. After completing medical school, she realized the ultimate prescription for a healthy, happy life are self-care, healthy eating, and love. After traveling the world and appearing on the Fox reality show Utopia, where they named her Dr. Love, she dedicates her work to elevating love and consciousness on the planet through her social media, blogs, retreats, workshops, and online coaching programs and courses. As a yoga and meditation teacher, she is currently hosting an online meditation program that teaches people over nine types of meditation to enhance every aspect of their life. You can visit thejournaldeck.com forward slash episode 47 to view details and get in for a last minute sign up just for you SCS listeners. And with that, welcome Dr. Nikki Starr to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I am excited to have this conversation today because as I was telling you before we jumped on the recording, I don't think that, I don't think on the show we've had a full out, like um, a conversation around meditation. And that's what I really want to jam with you today on, as I told you. So I want to talk meditation as self-care. And, you know, that's what you're all about. And for me personally, meditation, it came to me after I started practicing the physical asana of yoga. I'm now a yoga teacher, but it's like the, the physical asana came first and then the meditation came, which I think is pretty common for a lot of people and I can't say I cannot claim that I meditate every single day I wish I could say that but I can't um it it does vastly help me you know to find that peace and that clarity and it really helps me during a time when I needed immense healing from a broken heart meditation really really helped me with that so you obviously teach meditation to a global audience so, you know, obviously we, we hear about it all the time. Meditation is supposed to bring you peace and, and, and help with stress and all of those lovely things. But beyond that, I am wondering, Nikki, you know, like what, if, if you could answer the question, what are some of the number one reasons that you personally advocate for people to practice meditation and like why are you so passionate about spreading it? So for me, similar to you, um, I started off with the, the asana and then moved into meditation, kind of like on a fluke in the sense that I, as you know, I'm a medical doctor first, and as a medical doctor, we learned about the benefits of meditation, like you're saying, like 
it decreases anxiety and like, you know, prevents against dep- depression and all these things more from this health or mental health well-being aspect. And I felt like, oh, I don't have any of those things. I don't need to meditate. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went, I was in Thailand and I was at this really remote resort and there was this yoga teacher there and he seemed to be operating from this other time space. Like there's something mm. very particular about him. And I was like, this guy is different. There's something interesting about him. And, you know, one day before a yoga class, he was there early as well and he was playing the guitar and we got to talking and he started to tell me about meditation from this more, I guess you can call it mystical side, but maybe like the superpower side in the sense that it wasn't because of all that peace and love and whatever. It was more to to share that, you know, we can operate in a different way when we meditate in the sense of being connected to time in a different way. Like knowing like when you have to go somewhere just because you're more in tune with all that is. So you've developed like an internal clock. And he was sharing with me like you don't even need to make decisions anymore because it becomes really clear what the next step is. You get invitations. And he started to speak about synchronicity a a bit, which I was already living in that like flow of life. But he was sharing like, yeah, we'll make it easier and you'll attract more of what you want. And it seemed really intriguing the way he was talking about, you know, he was like, your psychic abilities improve, you become more intuitive, you're more centered. And, you know, he was speaking it more from meditation gives you superpowers. And that was (laughs) something that I was like, ah, I want that, you know? Right. Because I was already on, you know, somewhat, I was just at the beginning, actually not even, I was like scratching the surface of a quote unquote spiritual path. So I was starting to understand that, this universe and reality operates in a, a different way than what we, we were raised to think in school and things like that. And that really we're the creators of our lives. Mm. So when I share about meditation in my courses or with clients, it's not so much to be like, oh yeah, you want to be at peace. And those things will all happen. Health benefits, balancing your hormone levels, needing less sleeping, more self-aware, being a better um partner or daughter or friend, you know, all these things enhance and these paranormal abilities also enhance, which help our creative process in life. If we want to manifest something, we want to create a course, we want to um, innovate something like bringing in new ideas. And then just in general, being radiant and magnetic and all these, on all these things. So that's more of the side that I think draws people Um, And why it's so important in terms of a self-care practice, because when your life is really going the way you love, or you're able to stay really centered despite the chaos of life that is happening, that's when you really become the magician and creator of your life. And you decide how it goes instead of it it happening to you or you being the victim of it. Right. Like life is happening for you, not to you. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, full disclosure, guys, I feel like she was just talking to me in that one instance (laughs) when Nikki just said, (laughs) staying in your calm, even if there's chaos, because I just told her before we started recording that you're so right, Nikki, that it's meditation and having a spiritual practice, a meditation practice, any of the self-care practices help you stay in your center because 
right, you know, earlier in the this morning, my Wi-Fi went out for about the fourth time since January. And I work from home and I said, this is so frustrating. And I, it, it, you know, <laughs> you kindly said, well, it's almost like the universe is saying, can you stay in your center even in the chaos? And so you're right. And that just makes me think, this is why I have these practices. We have these practices so that we can stay in our center, so that we can, you know, come back to our light and, and come back to that place for whenever life happens because it's going to happen. Like, just because you have all these practices doesn't mean that things won't happen that are going to frustrate you, annoy you, disappoint you, make you really sad, make you really angry. I mean, right? Yes, exactly. And also, the the interesting thing is, um, in terms of all of that, it's like you develop this self-awareness and observer mode, but there's studies, and, and so you're able to see the chaos and be like somewhat observing it without it overwhelming you and just saying like, okay, but I find that and they've even done studies that show that meditation allows you to find the solutions and mm. problem-solving skills. So for example, if something like your Wi-Fi goes out, you have more of you have more brain capacity and the ability to, to find the solution. So for example, you thought of going wherever you went instead to still have all of your meetings for the day instead of canceling them because this obstacle presents. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, okay, that's not going to work. So then I'm going to do this instead. And oftentimes we may be guided on a better path because maybe we synchronically meet someone because we went to this other place Yes, and seeing it from this positive light than like, oh, this horrible thing happened. Right. And I, I have to tell you, I even thought about that this morning. I did. I <laughs> thought, you know what? Maybe this is redirecting me for a reason that I I might never know the answer of why it was redirecting, redirecting me, but it was. I, I actually thought that when I was in my car today. So it's yeah. funny that you say that. And I also think it's so interesting that the first thing that you said, Nikki, about meditation, when I asked you that question, you you talked about time. And literally, I was thinking, I wonder if she's going to bring up time before I got on. <laughs> I did. I thought, I recently read this amazing article that was in the, I was in the Huffington Post. I loved it so much. I talked about it in one of my in-person meditation classes here that I teach in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And they talked about how meditation can like basically bend time was how they kind of described it. And I thought it was so fascinating. They were talking about these studies that they've done in how meditation almost like it slows time down in a sense. Mm -hmm. Not that physically it's not like father time is giving you extra time. But it feels that way when you meditate and that you get that sensation in the rest of your day that it feels like you've gotten more time to do everything that you want to do and everything that you need to do. And I have to say, the article resonated with me so much because it's totally been my experience. They even gave this amazing analogy that when you work out, it requires energy, but you get energy. And this, so they said with meditation, it requires that you take time to do it, but it gives you time back. Yes, exactly. I love the way you shared all of that because that is exactly right. 
because so many people, clients share like, oh, I can't, I don't have that much time. I don't know. And that's like, no, you don't understand. Like you, because not only do you gain time in this way of like, yes, bending it and it seems to work with you and you seem to have more. But some of the reasons also are because you become more efficient. Your mind isn't like scattered in 27 mm. different directions. Mm-hmm. So it take, it doesn't take you that long to complete a task, to like start out, have the intention and complete it. Instead, you are focused and you get one thing done, check. You do the next thing, check. So you are more organized in your being. So you like, and you also make less mistakes because you're more self-aware. So that's one way it gives you time. But then also you need less sleep when you meditate. And really? It's so rejuven- Yeah. So it's so rejuvenating for the brain and the body that you'll find, and, and this is what happened in my life where I was kind of someone I was like, I always need eight hours and I would naturally wake up, you know, always seven, eight hours. And the more I started to meditate, sometimes I only need six because I have so many ideas for creation coming through that I'm energized and rested and I'm like ready to go. Like when the sun comes up, like I'm up regardless of what time I went to sleep, but I don't feel tired. And that's because of the effects that the the neurochemical effects, what it has on the brain. And it's, it's, it's creates, you change your brain frequencies and the patterns and the wavelengths in your brain <clears throat> when you meditate and some of these you know you can't even get to when you're sleeping so what is actually so happening on like a scientific level in the brain like what's going on in meditation that's phys- like actually physically what is happening that is creating all these positive benefits so um so what they've done, like so there's been a few studies of like brain, or a lot of studies of like brain imaging, also EEG, which me- measures the different types of wavelengths in the brain. And what they find is like for people with different states of being, you observe different types of waveform patterns. Also the way the brain lights up on a PET scan, which is like brain imaging. And so for like, so for example, like one example that they did was um, they had two, like People were acting as their own control. So they did brain imaging before meditation, brain imaging after. The how of meditation people don't understand. Of course, we know how to meditate. What is meditation? Meditation is a one point of focus. People think like, um, you know, it's really like the concentration of the one point of focus brings you into a state of meditation. So there's some confusion because people think like, when I sit down to meditate, I need to go into this other space of no time, no mind, which that's the meditative space. But to get there, the meditation practice is a concentration practice. Mm-hmm. So it's training your mind from going everywhere with the monkey chatter to being focused. Mm-hmm. And just like if you go to the gym, you're working out a muscle, you're working out presence, you're you're working out focus. Like that's what you're doing for the brain. So it's not going in a million different directions. Of course, it, it will at times, even the best meditators in the world um, because that's some of the function I call it like the virus of the mind like where humans are not perfect vessels and um, and so what they do is they have patients do this um, or, or study people who are in the study do some point of you know a meditation so something with a concentration whether it's mindfulness etc and then six to eight weeks later remeasure the brain and they see that the brain lights up differently relative to the same stimulus so let's say if a picture is shown before meditation they see like 
light up, but you have enhanced lighting. So almost like you're using more parts of your brain after you start meditating. Um, and so they also looked at mass, like how, um, I guess you can say how dense, not dense, but like, you know, they say with age that you have less brain mass, like almost mm-hmm. like your brain starts to deteriorate, like muscles kind of get um, less strong and, and full. That kind of can happen to the brain. And that's essentially what Alzheimer's and dementia is. You mm-hmm. lose brain mass. What they found is that it increases brain mass. So you will look like your brain is more full after you're, you're meditating for, for some time on this consistent basis. And then when they do the EEG studies, um, there's different patterns that um, I think it's al- – I can't remember all the details. I haven't brushed up on it. But, you know, we have alpha, beta, gamma, delta, like all these different brain waves. Some are like when you're awake and your eyes are open. Some are when you're sleeping. Some are when you're dreaming. And they find that people who meditate have a certain kind of brain freak, um, a wavelength that's happening in the brain relative to people who don't. And this is why, like, that man, for example, like, here he was, like, operating in his life, and he seemed different to me. And he was someone who meditated a lot. And it was because his brain waves are not the same as someone who doesn't meditate. And you think of, like, monks. You know, there's this certain state of consciousness of people that we know, even like, you know, yoga teach, avid yoga teachers who do meditate a lot also, um, you find that there's this other way, even like in their eyes, you can see it looks a little bit different. And I attribute this to the brainwave patterns. Do you happen to and know, is it like a brainwave pattern that is... I'm wondering, like, what the dominant brainwave, would would that be, like, the, maybe the alpha in people that don't meditate, like, in the constant, like, awake state, whereas maybe people who are connecting to a different wavelength are operating from, uh, I don't know, I would, would it be, like, the more, almost like the asleep, more higher connectedness state? Um, right, so, like, for example, like, so, um, when people meditate, they and they actually get into the meditative state they have mm-hmm. measured there is this one wavelength i and let me just look it up um um and so let's say if it's um yeah so alpha d um during meditation theta waves are the most abundant in the frontal mm. middle parts of the brain so let's say um if you're someone who meditates a lot then you are exhibiting um, more theta wavelengths exactly but if you're someone who's um normal and awake beta is more um prominent Mm -hmm. and then alpha is when you're relaxed and calm and not thinking so what happens is people who meditate more live more in an alpha space do you understand so let's say if you're someone who's awake your eyes are open you're mainly in beta But if you get super relaxed, even if you're not a meditator, and you become super relaxed, you go into alpha. Mm -hmm. If you meditate and you get into the meditative state, so you're like doing your mindfulness or whatever your one point of concentration is, your mantra, et cetera, you'll get to that point of like no time, no thoughts, like into Mm -hmm. that meditative space. And that when you're in there, you're in theta. Right. That makes sense. And then what they find is like generally then people who are meditators live more in alpha all the time. 
Mm -hmm. So that's like what their waking state is like. So it does change how you're operating in the world because your brain is, is operating in a different way. I love that. Thank you for looking at that. I love that. And I, you know, when we, when we meet people and we think like some, you're so right when you met that man and you were like, what, what did, what is it about them? There is something about them that they are just radiant and you, you can't almost, it's something that's so intangible, but you can feel it. And I love that maybe that there is some, there is something to that. They've connected to something else that you also have the power to connect to. You just haven't connected to it yet. Exactly. I love that. I, I, re- I recently posted that even on my Instagram. Of course, you know, I post like inspirational quotes that come from my meditative space, actually. People are like, how do you come up with all these things? And I'm like, I just sit and I listen, you know, and I just see what, what wants to be written for the day. And I posted like you, something along the lines of, you know, you're tapped into infinite wisdom and guidance. You just have to tune into the frequency, mm-hmm. right? Like we're all tapped into this. It's source. It's, it's universal consciousness. And meditation allows us to tap into that. And that's why, even if you look at like Steve Jobs, et cetera, like the, a lot of our greatest innovators are meditators. Right. You know, yeah. You look at some of the greatest brands on the planet, you know, even in the Wall Street Journal, they're publishing meditation everywhere because more and more um, it's being realized as an asset in all areas of our lives. Not even for, of course, the health and wellness benefits. But more if we want to be a superhuman, if we really want to live our fullest potential and capacity, then meditation is the number one thing I really recommend, to be honest. Like, even if I don't have time for, you know, this used to switch. I used to, like, no matter what, always do my yoga practice. And now it's like, if I don't even have time to move my body, though, I always do my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, you know, some people will say, well, I don't have time to do, to do meditation. We, we talked about that. Why do you think, besides time, why do you think people, you know, and I teach meditation, to, I'm a yoga instructor and meditation teacher here in Pittsburgh, and I also have an online program, and I, I'm curious, like, from your perspective, all the people you've worked with. Most people don't think they're doing it right. Yeah, do you so think that that's why people know. hesitate to, to try yeah. meditation? Uh, not even to try. I think people are willing to try it. Um or I think it's first people don't understand why it's so good. And then they're just like, oh, I don't think I need to do this. Like kind of how I was. Um, and then once people have tried it, through a guided meditation. They can do it and they know it's good for them. But then when they try to meditate by themselves, they feel discouraged because their, their mind's racing. They don't know if they're doing it right, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's what was the inspiration to create my meditation online program mm-hmm. was because so many people I knew were just saying, like, I know I need to do it, but, like, it doesn't seem to work for me. And that is BS. It works for everyone. <laughs> it's just a matter of understanding what you're doing and what does it mean to, to, to practice meditation. And so – you know, I even had some people saying, like, you know, because I think sometimes people don't think they need a teacher for something, etc. Sometimes they need to be guided by the hand along a path. So, for example, I reached deep states of meditation. Like, I, you know, I've done two Vipassana retreats, which is like the 10 days of silence. I've spent time as a monk apprentice for three months and 
So I've really like spent mm-hmm. a lot of time meditating, you know, even personally, but then in these more structured ways. Mm-hmm. And I was able to reach certain states of consciousness in these containers where the people there have already reached that level. So then energy is contagious so they can kind of help you get up to that space. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always recommend people to take my meditation course is because, or even just like have a session related to learning to meditate because I can get them there and they can feel like ah this is what it feels like to meditate so then when they go away like and do it on their own they know what their this feeling of meditation is Mm -hmm. but then they know that it's like okay you know I need to do this concentration and focus and it's not going to be the whole time I'm there I'm going to be in this meditative phase I'm going to be concentrating so that that monkey chatter mind stops and then I can enter into that infinite space so sometimes we need that guidance because we don't know how to get there otherwise. Right. Right. I agree. And then it creates insecurity and then people are like, well, I'm not going to do this if I think I'm doing it wrong or I'm not doing it right. Which I feel like I get frustrated when people say, like when people say that, like I can't meditate. Like, like you said, I just want to be like, that's BS. Like you can do it. Like you're not, you can't do, you're not doing it wrong. Like just because you're having thoughts, like you're going to probably have thoughts. Like you, your brain has thousands of thoughts, but can you be aware of the thoughts and call yourself back? And it just frustrates me when people say that about, about meditation and that they can't do it right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I call BS on that too. I do. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, like, I've definitely been, like, compassionate, like, mama bear and just been, like, you know, because people do have to come to it on their own mm-hmm. time. And, you know, those people may come around in, like, two years and think, like, okay, let me try this again or have some kind of experience. Like, one, one man who joined my meditation course, he was in a restaurant. You know, he kind of knew he's been needing to meditate more, and he kind of even knows how. But he was in a restaurant last week, and he turned around, put his jacket on, and broke a big vase. And he slid, like, all eyes were on him, and it was, like, super embarrassing. And he realized his self-awareness, that he's not always present. And it took him, like, this embarrassing – and this is what he wrote in the email, like, when he was saying, like, I'm going to sign up, you know. He was, like – I know it it took him this experience to be, like, okay, like, I really need to get on my game. I need to take care of myself Mm. and my self-awareness, et cetera. And sometimes that's what happens. We are met with crisis, and then that's the thing that, like, inspires us and empowers us and motivates us. That was more of my experience, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, to be honest with you, Nikki, mine was – I definitely had done meditation, but, you know, I said about, like, having a completely broken heart. I – for me, when I found Kundalini Yoga, um, I was just really curious about it. And started doing it and trying to learn Kundalini meditations. And I, I yes, like you said, I, I signed up for a course and, and was trying to learn it because it wasn't really something that was in my area. And I I didn't read it. No, you know, no one told me, hey, you should do meditation or hey, you should try Kundalini to like heal your broken heart. No one told me that. I didn't read it in a book. Like something I think intuitively was telling me to go to this. This will help you. This will help heal you. And I just, for whatever reason, signed up and was like, okay, like, let's see what this is. And I still attribute so much of my healing 
and coming back to my wholeness to meditation and to especially kundalini meditations really felt like it helped put me back together again to come back to my own wholeness my own light Ugh, like I, it's hard to put into words you know yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Everyone finds it in a different way, like some more casually. Some, you know, even it's funny, like everyone finds things in their perfect way and they don't know why. And heartbreak is often a really great catalyst for self-transformation. For oh, sure. goodness, yes. <laughs> um, and so pain and it's unfortunate that sometimes it, it's the pain that mm-hmm. pushes us, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Oh, preach. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Like you have, you have to like rupture. You have to like be at the, you have to be at the bottom and then it's like you can only go up. It, it is, it's a, it can be such a catalyst for massive transformation and healing and change and, oh, yes. So yeah. in your course, you said, you know, you have like nine different kinds of meditation that you talk about. I'm wondering if you can briefly just without going into crazy detail, can you briefly explain like what these nine different kinds are that you're referring to? Yeah, sure. So, um, so what I decided to do is instead of teaching one kind, because my meditation practice happened more through like learning different things from different lineages and trying them out. And, you know, I tried things on before I eventually came to like my own, you know, like I meditate in a certain way that's, Sometimes maybe a combination of these things. It's more intuitive. And what I felt was one shoe doesn't work for everyone. So what I wanted to do is have people have an experience. And every person, some people are going to say, I love this kind, I love that kind. And so what I felt was let's do, you know, so there is an essence of like mantra meditation, of mindfulness, of visualization, of energy. And so really taking both the practical and the mystical kind of meditations. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of mainstream meditation is often geared at mindfulness, and that's wonderful and great. And some people really do well with visualizations mm-hmm. and the kinds of meditations that um, even I share some meditations that help our aura and help for cleansing energies that aren't serving us. Mm-hmm. So some people often feel like, I feel like I need to cleanse sometimes, like, they don't feel right after they've had a meeting with someone or whatever. They're like in a big city and they're just feeling off. So I even give meditations that you how to clean, energetically clean your being. So part of what I share too is how to become that more magnetic, radiant person through these different types of meditation techniques that really grow our presence. Because we're more than just our physical body. We also are an aura on many levels and layers in in terms of energetic bodies and emotional bodies. Mm -hmm. So there is even one like love and kindness meditation also. Right. And I even make a show, I gave one like when in doubt meditation. And it's for those moments that people are feeling like, oh my God, I'm not doing this right. And if that thought crosses, then I like encourage them to like take a break from whichever one they're doing and go to this like when in doubt one and that one I just kind of made up on my own and so and so it really I tend to be like more liberal because even offering to people like when you have a great idea or you have to remember like a reminder comes in take a break write it down and then come back you know some lineages are really strict and I feel like I'm kind of um 
because I have like a very unconditional way of my spirituality and coming into my practice that I, I want people to find it any way they can. And maybe, and I had to travel all around the world to get to, to mine. And now it's like, maybe I can just give them that, you know, mixed bag of tricks and then they can decide moving forward what they'd like to go deeper into. Oh, thank you for explaining that. Do you have, do you have a meditation that for someone that's listening to this thinking, damn it, I really want to have a meditation practice, like, but they're like, they're a beginner and Mm -hmm. it is intimidating and they don't know where to start. Do you have a meditation that's like a go-to meditation, um, that you would suggest to that person listening to this? Well, actually, I do. I'm, I'm creating a meditation album right now, which is nine guided meditations. And so we're like right at the end of like the editing. I'm so happy. I just can't wait to release it. And I also have one that's already recorded that when people sign up to my newsletter or my mailing list, it, they get the free meditation. It's a gift. Mm. And so if people go to my website in the contact section, section they can sign up for my mailing list um, at drnikkistar.com. And the contact tab, you sign up for a million to get a free guided meditation. That's one way. If you can just, you don't know where to start, you start with a guided. You can also go to like Spotify or iTunes or wherever and just look up like guided meditations. What happens sometimes though is the voice can be like annoying to people. Like, oh, I don't like this person's voice. It's really important that you resonate with whatever meditate, guided meditation you choose. You want to like the person's voice because you want this to be a healing experience. Right. If you're feeling triggered in, in any way, it's best to not to shut that one off and find another one. That's just advice for guided meditations. The second most simple common meditation that I always recommend as like starting point is the focusing of the breath because you always have your breath with you. It's not going anywhere. And just the act of concentrating and focusing on the breath is very relaxing and it brings peace. And it's also allowing the mind to train itself and have that one point of focus. Mm, Yes. Always. You're right. You always have your breath. That's Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly and just watching it without trying to control or change it observing how it moves your body expanding your rib cage how on the exhale you release or relax a bit more the temperature of the nose as it enters your nose uh, the temperature of the air and so all of these details of you know the rate the rhythm and just observing it you know without control and that's a simple super simple meditation practice and if you have thoughts it's fine acknowledge them and then just come back to the breath I find that to be the the most simple and people even within five minutes or one minute can feel the consciousness shift just from focusing on the breath because of that steady rocking it's a very nurturing one Mm -hmm. point of focus yeah I agree and I and like I do agree with what you said to remind people it's okay if you have a thought. It is okay. You are not a bad meditator. It doesn't mean that you suck at this and you should just stop. Like, no. That, just, no. <laughs> You're allowed to have a thought. Just like you said, come back. Come back from it. Come back from exactly. the monkey mind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you have tips for people to stick to a meditation practice? I'm sure that you do. I'm sure because people always are probably asking you that question. Like, how can I stick to a meditation practice to really make it 
become a habit that's a part of my routine? So what I find is um, it really has to come from will. Like someone, like nothing, nothing can have you do it unless you choose to. And what I find is the best motivator, and I don't even like to use the word motivation so much because I feel like it kind of comes from a space of fear, but rather like inspiration is for to see the effects and like really be mindful of like how is my life different and better when I am meditating versus when I'm not because then it becomes down to self-worth. If you know that your life is better when you meditate, you want to do it. Like I want to meditate because I know how amazing my day is when I started off with meditation. And when I don't, it's not as good. Like I don't feel as centered. I feel like I like I, like I left something at home. I have that feeling when I don't meditate in the morning. And I always like to do one before I go to bed as well. And depending on how much time I have in my day will depend how long. Um, and so it's one of those things of, it's more because of the effects that you will then choose to want to do it. So you have to first go into it, trusting it blindly because everyone knows they should meditate. Um, what a few tips could be like setting an alarm, like as a reminder, or even writing down like a pro, a pro list of like, these are all the amazing things that have happened when I meditate and keeping it somewhere as a reminder and even mm -hmm. having like little post-its and things around to remind you to meditate. And then another way is I love doing like conscious things with friends. So whenever you're with a friend to make it like, Oh, let's meditate together. Cause it's easier actually when there's two or more people to enter into that meditative space. I don't know why it happens, but I've observed that it's really easy for people to drop in when they do it with another so a way is you can have an accountability friend like when you hang out you meditate together obviously some but if you have a partner right or you have children you can choose it to be this like activity that's done together and that also then makes it a little bit easier because you have someone doing it with you and you have that support yes um, but overall like it's really like you it's like discipline you know, you know, it's good for you. So you do it. And it's not always what people want to hear, right? Because there is this, we're a little bit in this technology age, there's a little bit of a laziness. Um, but for the number of hours we're scrolling through Instagram or, or Facebook or any of, or even, you know, watching TV, like all of these things are not necessarily benefiting right. our life and well-being. But if we meditate, it is so... So yeah, it's like, the, it's like, why does some people eventually say, okay, it is really time for me to start eating healthy or organic now, or I know like the fried foods are not good. It's like you just wake up one day and you realize you're worth it. Yes. You know, you're worth the meditation. It's worth taking the time because everything will benefit. We'll be happier, et cetera, et cetera. And also if we're feeling so horrible that we can't even get out of bed, you can just meditate exactly in that horrible position and you may observe that your frequency will change. So just if you're laying in bed when you get up in the morning and you just focus on your breath, even taking deep cleansing breaths and focusing on the breath, that is an act of meditation as well because you're focusing. Mm. So closing your eyes and you're still a little tired in bed, if you don't want to take the time out to do it, like where you're sitting and you're like really okay, now I'm meditating, even taking those few breaths in the morning 
is a start because that will help you to realize, oh, wait, I need to do more of this. I love that. It's self-worth. I love that. It is self-worth. Sometimes I'm like the stern mom. Like, I'm definitely like, you know, Dr. Love, all compassionate. And sometimes I'm like, okay, it's time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, This is what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so final question before we go into rapid fire. The question that I ask everyone, since this is the self-care spotlight, what does self-care mean to you? Hmm. So to me, self-care means self-love. And it is all the things I do because I know they're good for me. They bring me into a greater space of peace and happiness and into my highest self so that I can live my fullest potential on this planet and fulfill my mission to help humanity awaken and to elevate love on the planet. So I need to be my brightest, greatest self, and it's my self-care practice that is that, that allows that to happen. Beautiful. Well said. Ready for some fun rapid fire? Yes. Okay. So, whatever comes to your mind, (laughs) just go with that. Okay? Okay. Here we go. In terms of self-care, I could be better at... Moving my body more. Mmm. Because I've gotten so into the meditation practice, so like getting out there and like, I don't know, going to like um, like a Pilates reformer class or something that I really love, but I, I would like to do more of. I've heard that from other people, that they get really into like, they get really into like the yoga practice and then they need to med- they want to meditate more and then they get really into the meditation and then they realize that they need to go back to the body a little bit more. It's like, exactly. yeah, you're always trying to find this, like, neutral space. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, on that note, my favorite form of self-care movement or exercise is? Is five rhythms. It's a dance practice that's kind of like an ecstatic dance, but has a lot more structure. And um, it's connected to the elements of the earth and different types of emotional states of being. And it's a really powerful, powerful with a lot of emotion. I've not heard of that. I go go two days a week on Tuesday nights in Topanga in LA and also on Saturday mornings um, right near, it's right just outside of Santa Monica in Los Angeles also. So that's like two days a week I'm at Five Rhythms. um, It's called, it's, it's called Five Rhythms? Yes. Oh, I wonder if that's like across the country. It is across the country because there's teachers worldwide. You can go to the five, you can Google five rhythms and find a five, I think there's a main five rhythms website that then tells you teachers in your area and classes in your area. Awesome. Guys, I will put that in the show notes. I will look it up and put it in the show notes for you guys. I love dancing too, Nikki. I love dancing. I consider dancing that that's totally like a, for me, that's like a workout. Like in my kitchen, dancing with my, my, I have a playlist called Get Dancy. And I just dance. And for me, it's also like a meditation because I'm so focused on myself and my body and I feel good and I'm like in my center. I love it. So I yeah. I will look that up, guys. I will put it in the show notes. Okay. 
since this podcast was burst out of the journal deck, obviously we're, you know, we, I love journaling. So do you like to journal in the morning? Are you an afternoon girl or are you a nighttime journaler? So I tend to not journal so much. I'm more of like the meditator and I'm a prayer person. Mm -hmm. But when I do journal, it's more in spaces that, um, like, I feel like I'm like channeling or receiving a download. So if I'm in certain kind of temple space or it's something I have to remember for later, like it's a message coming through, then I'll journal. So it's more of like, I have this intention to journal, then I will journal. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm not a journaler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about that. When something's coming through, yeah. Like I've, I've, I've had to do that before, too. I have to stop, and I need to write it down. I need to, like, get it out. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, like, sometimes if I've been in, like, certain courses or things, like, you know, I live half-time in a community in Italy called Dominher, and we have, like, a temple there that's, like, this to me, I feel like it's a human activation temple and it's so much information comes through. And in those spaces, I'm like, okay, I'm opening to receive guidance and somewhere in these like special energetic places, I'll tend to journal. Okay. This is a fun question. I love hearing people's answer to this. If I never had to do this again, it would be? Um, hmm. If I never had to do this again. Oh, I mean... Um, <laughs> okay. Anything kind of related to, um, like, I know what it is. It's, like, related to, like, marketing stuff and, like, um, like, so sometimes, like, the computer aspect of our work, mm-hmm. like, in the sense of, like, you know, having to respond to, like, logistical emails of, like, you know, stuff, I guess, that, like, pers- I, you know, it's, like, time for me to get a personal assistant. Like, there's so many things that, like, I don't want to be doing. I just want to create content. So these kind of other, like, computery, um, like, even creating ads on, on social media platforms, like, all of these kinds of things, like, I would be happy if someone else just... You can delegate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like this other brain space that exactly I like to be more in the creative side I feel you (laughs) I feel you (laughs) I know I'm like that too I'm like oh I don't want to I don't I want to delegate this like I think about it and someone told me they suggested I make a anytime I have a thought like hey this would be really great if someone else would do this they they told me to write it down so that I could have this list of these delegation like tasks. Mm, I like that. So yeah. that I, when I was ready, I I would know what to delegate, and I really I dug that. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I'm starting that because then I also think that's going to manifest my personal assistance arrival. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, true, true, true. <laughs> yes. Okay, milk chocolate or dark chocolate or not a chocolate person. Vegan dark chocolate. Vegan dark. There you go. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Do you have a favorite getaway place in the world? Um, anywhere that's like tropical white sand beaches mm. with like crystal clear water. It's like, oh, yes. That's like totally getaway um, yeah. vibes for me. I am counting down. I'm going to Aruba in May. Again, mm. and Aruba is my happy place. And I just, <laughs> oh, take me back. Pittsburgh is so not Aruba. <laughs> You're in California, so at least it's like, oh. It, it's 
true. Yesterday I did a hike and I walked, we walked, like we hiked all the way out to like the cliffs of, um, like along the coast. And I felt like I was in Hawaii the pink sunset was happening. I did a, like a beautiful Instagram live and then it was so cold that my phone shut off. So I couldn't even like share my Instagram live for like the 24 hours, you know, oh. it was so beautiful. These like views of like the mountains meeting the water and all the ripples in the mountains with like the pink sunset. I was like, this is heavenly. Even yeah. if it's freezing, like it's been really cold here in Los Angeles. What's really cold in Los Angeles? I know, right? At night it has gone to freezing. So oh, okay. Yeah. I'll give so it to you. Like being bratty. Yeah, yeah. I'm not being bratty. It snowed in the canyon behind, like where I live in Tiffany Canyon. It's, it was like some, like ice was coming from the sky. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll let you pass. All right. Last rapid fire question. Do you have an affirmation or like a personal mantra that you live by? Mm, I feel like I have a few that I'll repeat here and there. Um, like the one that's coming to mind that I think can be really helpful for people is please give me strength to step out of all the old things so that I may be reborn totally pure. So this idea that we get like attached to things we think we're supposed to be doing, but it's like old for us. Mm. And it helps us to like go through our, we go through so many rebirths in our lives where we need to leave things behind that aren't serving. So especially if I feel stuck or I said, please allow all the things in my life that are not serving my greatest good to dissolve from my life right now. Mm. You know, and it helps to just kind of cleanse the things away that aren't serving, especially in those challenging moments. And we really have to remain in a space of non-attachment because you may be surprised, like people will like leave your life. You may change jobs, like you may change cities, like and be open to what comes. Right. And that it's all, it's all good. You're going where you need to go. Exactly. Mm. That's beautiful. Okay, Nikki, we've come to the point now in the podcast where I would love for you to please tell the listeners where can they find you on social media and your website, all those fun things. So my main social media um, outlet that I love is Instagram, and you can find me at Dr. Nikki Starr, D-R-N-I-K-K-I-S-T-A-R-R. And my website is drnikkistar.com. And so those are the main two main. And you can email me at nikkistar at drnikkistar.com. Those are the main ways to connect with me. I always have different types of online programs and courses as well as um, I should be hosting a retreat in Italy coming up in June, early June. So, yeah, like a lot of good stuff. You know, sometimes I'm spontaneous and throw things up last minute. Um, and I spend, when I'm in the U.S., I spend most of my time between L.A. and New York. So I should be revisiting New York in April for those who are there. Perfect. Well, thank you yeah. so much for doing this, Nikki. I really appreciate it. This thank was fun. Thank you. This was so fun. I just want to let you know that. So keep up the great work. Thank <laughs> you for sharing the love and the light in this really lighthearted, beautiful way. Because it's, it's really important we keep things light, too. So thank yeah. you. Oh, I received that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do. I really do. Okay, guys, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck and our Self-Care Collective online membership. And if this podcast moved you in some way, I kindly ask you to rate and review it on iTunes. 
Your love and attention means the world to me. Until next time, I am Melissa Cousins, signing off for the journal deck. Music by Lee Rosevere.